All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to episode four of the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop. And with us today is a new co-host. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Big Red Tweeter? <laughs> yep, that's me. What's up, guys? It's BRM. I'm here to talk baseball and, you know, probably talk some shit. So let's have some fun. Hey. So let's jump right into some hot fucking stove. Let's do it. Winter meetings was last week. And I know that uh, some of the rumors that came out and some of the some of the tweets from the national writers and uh, some of the uh, articles and stuff made the Reds appear that they were really working hard to improve the team. And then they made one deal and everything else just kind of fell flat. What was your uh, reaction to the rumors from the winter meetings? I mean, I'm not surprised by any of it. The old Tanner for Tanner swap was, I mean, Tanner Rainey, I mean, he throws hard. But in all reality, you know, we all watched that. Well, some of us watched that Indians game where he got lit up and he got lit up pretty much every time he went out there. So he, you know, throws hard, but everybody throws hard now. So to get Tanner Roark, a guy that's established that can get you innings, and for me personally, is perfect as an opener. Uh, to go three to four innings twice through the lineup, I think that was a good, you know, that was a good deal in my opinion. Let them have the young fireballer, get, you know, a little established uh, starting pitcher there. But for me personally, um, I'm not surprised by any of it. Uh, I'm not surprised they didn't make a move for a big name starting pitcher. Um, you know, this is just what we've come to know and love about our beloved Reds. So nothing really surprises me. But um, I just think it's unfortunate that they weren't able to make a bigger splash and really get the fan base excited. Well, let's talk for a second about Tanner Rourke, since that's the deal that was made. Then we can talk about some of the, you know, the fantasy deals. But um, Tanner sure. Rourke had 3.4 war last year. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was nine, he was nine and fifteen, but you know I, I'm loath to look at one loss record anyway. But no, no, absolutely not. Um, I think one loss record is an antiquated way to go about looking at how successful a pitcher is in a season. Um, you know, we're not, we're not we're not looking for grit. We're looking for you know success on the field, and we're looking for cold hard. You know, we're looking for wins as a team, not necessarily by a certain player. And here's the thing: he threw 180 innings. He probably, right now, with no other moves being made, is your number two starter. And people were complaining about this deal. This is a great deal for the Reds. Yeah. Oh, I have, sorry, my connection cut out. I absolutely, I absolutely agree that I, you know, I, I think the Reds personally made out, you know, like bandits in that deal. I mean, they gave up someone that they could, you know, easily a very replaceable player and got someone that I think could be a good veteran presence in the clubhouse for the young you know the younger pitchers you know guy that's had success i mean he has a 17.4 career war it's not bad for a guy that's you know been pitching in the major leagues for five years yeah so, so yeah i mean tanner work is a good pickup tanner tanner rainey like you said is kind of a non-prospect was probably not going to get another legitimate shot um this is a this is an all-around solid move i mean in the mm-hmm. last in the last three years 
uh, Rourke's pitch, 210, 181, and 180 innings. And mm-hmm. that's what this rotation needs is some stability, uh, especially with uh, how it was last year and uh, just some horrible pitching performances. Mm-hmm. Tanner Work is a solid move. It's, I mean, but if the Reds do what they've been rumored to be thinking about doing, it's just a building block for the rest of the offseason. Correct. I totally agree with that. So let's get into some of the more spicy rumors that the Reds were involved in. Um, mm. First, we'll start with the, the supposed Dodgers deal. Um, one okay. of the incarnations of the deal, I think it was reported by either Ken Rosenthal or somebody like that. Who, who fucking cares? Um, either Matt Kemp or Yasiel Is he... Is he even is Rosenthal even t- you know is he even tall enough to be considered like a credible journalist? I don't I'm, know. I mean, if you can't get on the kids' rides at at Kings Island, you probably shouldn't be allowed to like have your own website. But just stand on the side and watch Kenny, you cuck. <laughs> but uh, one one of the uh, the iterations was either Yasiel Puig, which I would love to have, or Matt. Why Kemp, not? Or Matt Kemp, which I'm no, that's all right. Uh, Pass on Kemp. Involved in a kind of a money swap with Homer Bailey, with uh, some other pieces coming from the Dodgers, some uh, other pieces from the Reds going to L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker Barnhart was mentioned. And then Alex Wood uh, would also be coming back from the Dodgers. Alex Wood would slot right into the rotation. Um, him, Puig, and Kemp were all free agents after this year. Um, so is it worth giving up? A, pros- a top prospect and Tucker Barnhart to rid yourself of Homer Bailey for one year of these guys coming back from L.A.? I think it's a tough question. Um, I think it'd be very difficult to justify doing it in terms of who, well, first of all, we'd have to determine who the prospect is. If we're giving them, you know, a high-end pitching prospect, I'm totally fine with it. If we're giving them, you know, we're thinking about someone like a Taylor Trammell, then absolutely not. And the reason I say that is, who's going to be our everyday catcher next year? Are we going to go out and are we going to go out and trade? I know we're talking about JT Realmuto later, but you know, are we going to go out and? Because you pretty much have to bring someone in. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed what Kirk Sally did last year with the bat, but Kirk Sally defensively is a liability, so he's not going to play 120 games behind the dish. So uh, to trade Tucker Barnhart, that's the biggest piece of this for me. I personally would just give Homer Bailey the five, you know, five million dollar buyout and tell him to go fucking fish in the Grange, Texas. I don't care what you do with the rest of your life. Thanks, thanks for your service. Yeah. So, but with the buyout, I um, think it's twenty eight yeah. million with this year's salary plus the five million buyout. I'm with yeah. you on that. I just tell him to go, you know, go have a nice life. I think it was Vladimir yeah. Gutierrez. Go coach high school baseball. Yeah. Vladimir well, that, Gutierrez. See. Yeah, he was the prospect, I believe. Yeah, Vladimir Gutierrez. I I don't know a whole lot about him. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not I'm not Doug Gray. Shout out. Um, Shout so, out to Doug Gray. Doug Gray. Don't put it. Yeah, yeah, follow Doug. Um, yeah, I don't personally know a whole lot about Vladimir, you know, Gutierrez or anything. Um, all I know is if that was the deal, uh, for me the big kicker there is Tucker Barnhart because Tucker is he's I mean first of all he's happy to be a red. I mean the dude is all over Twitter. Him and his wife. You know, all over each other on Twitter. It's fantastic. Hello. Hashtag salacious. And, you know, there, uh, Tucker seems like he's relatively happy. He's won a gold glove. You can you can point to the numbers. Um, I think one of the things, I'm not looking for a super offensive catcher. I'd rather have 
personally, I'd rather have a defensive catcher that, I mean, he's a contact hitter. That is, to me, that's the perfect, you know, guy to, to play catcher. He's a contact hitter. He moves runners around. He doesn't do anything necessarily overly sexy, but he does get the job done. He still hits around, you know, he gets on base. He does walk. I mean, his OBP's career is right around 100 points higher than his batting average, which is fantastic. So for me, it's, it's solid offense. I think he's a solid offensive player, and he has a doubles machine. Shout out, Branch. And I think he's the big kicker for me in that deal. Would I like to have Puig? Sure. He's not going to resign here, though. I think Alex – it would be contingent for me on Alex Wood. Would he be, would he be willing to sign a three- to four-year deal after the season to be a red for maybe five years? That would be the big kicker for me. You know, I'm looking at Alex Wood here, and one of the things I really like about him is the fact that he throws left-handed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time the Reds had a starting pitcher that was left-handed besides was Cody Reed? That was any good. And I love Cody. I love Co- – yeah, I love Cody Reed. You know, shout out Cody Reed. But I don't know who – I mean, Christ, like Eric Milton was an attempt. Pete Shurik was probably the last good one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Pete Shurik. There you go. And, and I was Tom born Browning. in 1991, so Tom Browning. Uh, shout bracelets. out Pete Shurik. Tom Browning. And his bracelets. Everybody go drink at Browning's Bar. And get his bracelets. Everybody – Yeah, we yep, to get his bracelets for sure. Yeah, don't tell. Ooh, that's a story. <laughs> So add Jer, um, shout out, shout, yeah, shout out, out Jer, shout out to drunk Jer. Um, so Vladimir, <laughs> Vladimir Gutierrez, uh, the Reds signed him from Cuba, and I think they gave him almost five okay. million to sign, and that was in 2016. Okay. He was in Pensacola last year, decent numbers. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I, I mean, one thing I always look at is WHIP, and he had a WHIP of 1.2, and I mean that's decent, especially. I like when, that. Especially in Double A. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, the one thing they do benefit from down there is they do have bigger strike zones. So, you know, as you're coming up, you do get bigger strike zones. He is working with, the, you know, the pitch clock though. So by the time he came up, he would be working faster. You know, Tom Brennan would love it. Your uh, your audio just went to shit. Seriously again? Yeah, you sound terrible. So Gutierrez, you know, he, he... yeah, okay, yeah. Let's so uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. I'm willing to give him up though in a deal to if you can if you can get Alex Wood to resign, I think then I would be okay with that deal. Mm-hmm. But that, that was, deal is literally contingent on Alex Wood resigning. It's contingent on that, and if you're sending Barnhart, it's contingent on our next topic, which is JT Romuto. So uh-huh. that was the big <laughs> the big thing that came out of the winter meetings was that the Reds were in on JT Romuto, and let's just. Uh, let's just mm-hmm. go to a little fan graphs here, or baseball reference, yep. or whatever the hell website I'm on. I don't fucking know. Um, JT Real Muto last year um, had an OPS plus of 131, which is amazing. And OPS That's really... Player, yeah, as a catcher. 825 OPS. Uh, he gets slant, lead off for half the time. Yeah. I mean... He's the all-star. He was a silver slugger. Um his slash line was 277, 340 on base, and 484 slugging. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy offensively is amazing. He could fucking rake. Yes. Defensively, obviously, he's not Tucker Barnhart. But you're willing to make, to me, he had a war of 4.3 last year. 4.3. Mm-hmm. Tucker last year was 0.9. Obviously, he had a down year offensively, yeah. but I'm willing to trade off the defense if if you're able to acquire Real Muto. 
Now, the problem with getting him is what you have to get up, give up. Oh, God, yeah. That's, it makes me, it makes me nervous in what they would be willing to give up. Apparently, the, the Marlins were asking for Taylor Trammell plus. Plus what? Right. Um, the Reds apparently were, and I think this was John Morosi said that the Reds were not willing to give up Nixon Zell, which. They shouldn't. No. Um, but I personally hold Taylor Trammell in higher regard. Um, I think he, it just in my personal opinion, he's the Reds top prospect. Uh, sure. I am not giving him up unless you're getting something like a Noah Syndergaard or something back. Yeah. An um, absolute, an absolute sure thing. Apparently the Braves are willing to give up their top prospect whose name escapes me right now. Uh, so if he is traded, he's probably going to go to the Braves, which I mean, the Braves are going to be a favorite, I think in the NL if they get him. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll come down to the Braves and you know, whoever wins the NL central. Cause that, you know, that's just an absolute dog fight. So, and then there was uh, some other rumors uh, that came out of the winter meetings. Uh, there was wasn't really any talk of Dallas Keuchel, but there was talk of Annabelle Sanchez and uh, Mike Frears or Fires or however you say his name. Oh God, no! He threw a no hitter. God, they'll pay him like six billion dollars. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, Annabelle Sanchez had a pretty good year last year. Um, what scares me is the three years he had before that. Mm-hmm. And he's getting up there. I mean, he also threw a new hitter, no hitter. Didn't Friars throw one? Too? I think I think they both threw no hitters. They both did. Yeah. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez had three just horrendous years before last year, so that scared me. I would not, I would not go beyond a one year contract mm-hmm. if you're going to sign him. Uh, Friars, Fires, however you say his name. Fires. Fires. Um, I'm not big on him. No, I'm not either. There's there's not really any talk um, anymore about Cleveland with Kluber and uh, so there's not really much talk anymore with Cleveland with Trevor Bauer and uh, Corey Kluber. Uh, I think it was John Heyman who said that uh, the salary that they cleared with Edwin Encarnacion and a couple of those other trades uh, that they're probably not going to move those two, um, mm-hmm. which it would have taken a lot to get Corey Kluber. You're probably talking Sinzel and Iglesias and maybe even something else to get him. Or like, I think it would have been like a Senzel Senzel. And then you're looking at like shed long. Cause, cause you know, Kitness is almost done in my opinion. So you're looking at like maybe shed long and Iggy and maybe even something else after that. I mean, the guys won multiple Cy Youngs. Yeah. Um, which is, it was kind of dumb to, for Clinton to even consider trading him unless they got just an absolute windfall back, which that would be a pretty good windfall. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the with the Dodgers, uh, th- there was talk about them uh, trading him to the Dodgers, and um, you have to get so much back for him. Um, yeah, he's – yes, I, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I – personally, I would like to do – you could – could probably get away with like Hunter Green for Mike Clevenger straight up because Hunter Green has so much potential, but I think Mike Clevenger is going to be an absolute stud. I think that Hunter Green, 
I don't think he's as un- untouchable as. It's kind of yeah. like how the there's fans that try to make Tucker Barnhart be a lot better than he actually is. Tucker Barnhart's great, but he's not JT Romuto yeah. with the bat. Um, Hunter Green. No, not even not even close. Hunter Green was injured last year. He. He's going to need Tommy John in the next three years. That's what I was getting it's ready to not say. A, it's not a secret. He's going to need Tommy John. Oh, my bad. Which, uh, no, you're fine. Um, but that's not the that's not the uh, the worst thing in the world anymore. Tommy John surgery is a lot uh, easier to come back from now than it was when it first started. I don't know. Just different you... techniques. I know that uh, people, people call things Tommy John, and there's different techniques used now um and the the rehab process is better because of uh the just the there's history behind it now but at the mm-hmm. same time same time with hunter green is he's good enough with the bat that he could have been drafted as the first round as a shortstop so if his arm falls off the table he's not done as a prospect in my eyes because you could turn him into a position player so he's still going to have value even if he has Tommy John. It's just how much value would he have? I tried something, my bad. I was saying that Hunter Green's value is probably at its highest right now before surgery because afterwards, mm-hmm. even if you do convert him to a position player, he's pro- he's probably not going to have the value as he does as a dominant 100-mile-per-hour throwing starter. So if you're looking to maximize his value... People will pay a good money good money for top level pitching. Right. So this would be the off season. If you're going to deal him for a, uh, either a starter or maybe a center fielder or something, do it because you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to have a higher value for him than right now. And something that the Reds have done repeatedly over the last few years is not maximize the value of their assets. I mean, uh, evergreen. That is an evergreen statement. From Aroldis Chapman to uh, even Todd Frazier, even though that deal does has kind of worked out, um, Johnny Cueto, uh, the list goes on and on of guys they've dealt past their prime. Billy Hamilton is the perfect example. Um, guys who, when they were at their peak value, should have been dealt, and they weren't. Now, mm-hmm. right now, Hunter Green is at his peak value. If you're going to deal him, yeah. this is the time to do it. So, uh, Hunter, yeah, I, I think Hunter Green could get you back maybe even a little more than we expect. I think if they were to deal Hunter Green um, right now, you could potentially land, um, you know, in every, you know, a, a 200 inning per year guy, you know, with m- much more value than a Tanner Roark. So, or could he land you JT Romuto? That's also a good question. Um, straight up, no. I think they would ask for something else because JT Real Muto is one of the best hitting catchers in the game right now, and he can hit anywhere in the lineup and succeed at it. He's shown he can do that in Miami. So I think you would need to throw in someone else to send down there with them, whether that be someone they consider a project or whether that be um, you know another reasonable prospect like Vladimir Gutierrez. That would be up to them. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, let's let's take some. Uh... So, Jonathan Webster, J Webster underscore ten on Twitter, asks if what you up? could shout out to Jonathan. Shout uh, out to Jonathan. <laughs> if you could enjoy a corn hog at any MLB stadium, which would you choose? 
Ooh, corn hog. I got I got one just thinking about where I'm gonna enjoy that corn hog. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. What about you? What do you think? I uh, there's only there's only a couple major league stadiums that I've been to. Um, I would love to go to uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd love to go to AT and T Park mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Yeah. So you said PNC Park and AT and T for. Yeah, where um, you would enjoy where you would enjoy a corn hog. Yeah, because I've never been there, and those were two stadiums I'd love to go to. What, uh, where would you want to enjoy a nice big old fat corn hog? Mm, I can enjoy a corn hog at all thirty of Major League Baseball's affiliated stadiums. Um, I personally, I was out in Denver for a wedding in June, and I think Coors Field would be a great place to take in a corn hog. Um, I have buddies that have been to Arizona, and they really enjoyed. You know Chase Field, uh, you know out there, so I could probably enjoy a corn hog out there as well. Um, I would enjoy a corn hog in, in the bleacher seats at Wrigley, as I slammed Old English and told everybody to go fuck themselves. So I think that's another one I could do too. <laughs> yeah, uh, this summer I, I for the I was on vacation in Florida and I went to a Tampa Bay Rays game. They played the uh, I think mm-hmm. it was the Blue Jays, and man, God, that stadium is awful. I mean, awful. Just move them to Montreal. Leave them in the AL East and move them to Montreal. That would, that would, I think that's for the best because they just had their stadium. Uh, they have been talking about a stadium in Iver City, which is near downtown Tampa, and that whole deal just fell apart. And uh, I think, like you said, it's time. Just move them to Montreal. That's where, that, that's where they're going to end up anyway. Might as well just do it now. All right, so our next question, we have a two-part question, and it's from friend of the podcast mm-hmm. and friend in real life, uh, Unc Ram on Twitter, jolly old St. Ram. Oh, my God. Ram ass. Shout out to Ram. Ram ass, with the Reds turning over the coaching staff and a good part of the front office, do you believe they're finally going to be more open-minded about how they build a roster? Will they take cock size into consideration? Okay, so I'm assuming this question, it cut out of me. Was this from Ram? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I don't think they'll take Cox size into consideration because they do still have Tom Brenneman in the booth. This is true. You know Tom's not packing much heat. Uh, let's see. He's, second part of the question is, if they do take Cox size into consideration, who do you think has the biggest cock on the 40-man? So, who do you think has the biggest dick on the 40-man roster was the second part of his question. Okay. So, they will not... Yeah. Did you get the part about Tom Brenneman? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Um, who has the biggest cock on the 40-man roster? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think Amir Garrett's probably packing a hog. He's like 6'5". So, definitely think that goes into consideration. Um, I don't know. For some for some reason, I feel like Scott Shubler has that good old country dick. <laughs> So that you, you, you could definitely include that in there as well. Yeah, I was gonna go with Amir just because, like you said, he's tall, and you know what they say about tall guys—they got big feet. <laughs> um, I don't think Scooter's back in much heat. So it cuts out on me one more time. I swear to God. <laughs> I I just tweeted from the podcast account. Technical difficulties. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> so going back to JT Romuto. If I could say his name, 
one of the suitors was the Mets, and they just signed Wilson Ramos to a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, two-year deal with an option. Um, yep. So they're definitely out. Would the Reds still have a shot? Or Are we talking about Real Muto? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Wilson Ramos going to the Mets, that pretty much just leaves the Braves and the Reds, in my opinion, unless there's some mystery team, which is baseball, so there probably is. Um, but right now, it looks like it's between those two. I don't – I mean, they'd probably be willing to do business within their division because Derek Jeter clearly doesn't give a fuck about what happens to his team. But <laughs> it, it would make more sense to get him out of divisions so you don't have to see him, you know, 18, 19 times a year. Yeah, I know that uh, – some Craig Mish. So Craig Mish, who uh, does a – I think he does a Marlins podcast, and he's – I don't know if he's a beat writer or not, has – both the Yankees, the Rays, and the Padres is also, is also in the hunt for Real Muto. Mm-hmm. Um, so Austin Riley is the uh, the top prospect from the Braves that apparently they're willing okay. to get. It's probably because Dansby Swanson has been such a fucking bust for them that they're like, whatever, top prospects, who cares? Right. Um, he's also the guy who said the, the Reds have fallen back in the talks. But he also had the Braves uh, and the Mets pretty even in terms of what they would be willing to give up. So who knows? It's a crapshoot. Trade Scooter Jeanette. For the love of God, you are never going to have a higher trade value for Scooter Jeanette. He'd hit 40 home runs potentially at Yankee Stadium. I mean, that home run is a slot for left-handed hitters. Get him out. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense, uh, Sonny Gray, for – uh, Sonny Gray, maybe Clint Frazier for uh, Scooter. I know that uh, during the winter meetings, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, short guy again, uh, said that uh, mm. the Yankees asked for Taylor Trebell for Sonny Gray, and that's freaking hilarious. You're not getting the Reds, one of the Reds' top prospects for a guy who just literally sucked ass all year last year. I think Sonny Gray's performance issues are solely based on the market, in my opinion. I think he's not a New York guy. He thrived in Oakland. He would thrive in a small market. I think he would see instant improvement in the National League and in Cincinnati because it's nowhere near. I mean, Christ, P. Docs is going to go up to him and, like, you know, pat him on the butt and tell him he's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, you look at his numbers and he threw, he only threw 130 innings because he kept mm-hmm. getting shelled. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a whip of 1.49. I mean, he was mm-hmm. terrible last year. Uh, mm hmm. I mean, his prime, obviously, was 2015 in Oakland. Uh, he had a whip of just over one and threw 208 innings. He also threw 219 innings in 2014. Uh, but injuries and just performance has just taken their toll on him, and you're not mm-hmm. you're not getting a top prospect for him. Um, no. That's why I say if, if, if you're dealing Scooter to the Yankees, it's going to take more for me than Sonny Gray to deal him to the Yankees. Yeah, I would be happy with Clint Frazier. They yeah, won't I give mean, him up, and I'd be stoked. Yeah, I mean, you move Shevler to center and put Frazier in right, um, and then well, Jesse Jesse Winker's going to play right now. Shevler's going to play left. Okay, they talked well, about you that. Put Frazier in uh, left then, which is fine. Yeah, um, and you're just biding time until uh, Tremel is ready, and if you don't deal mm-hmm. him. Or, if you're not willing to do that deal, then is Nick Senzel your opening day center fielder? I would put him in center field. I want that bat in the lineup right now. 
I don't care where he plays. I don't care if he's in center. I don't care if he's at second. I don't care if he's in left or right or short. The the only place for me that's blocked for him is third and first, and well, and then yeah. pitcher, and then pitcher. I mean, I don't know if he can pitch, but wait, can he pitch? Yeah, is he the is he the is he the pitcher we've needed the whole time? Uh, Ram came up with a good nickname for uh, uh, Tanner Rourke. If he's the only pitcher they atta- obtained, that he's his new nickname would be uh, get the pitching or the pitching because we got him. He's the pitching. It sounds like a horror movie where all of your starters have over a five ERA. The pitching. The pitching. Get the pitching. Yeah. Um, the Reds so far have, have somewhat got the pitching, but they haven't really gotten the pitching. No, no. They need to, they need to get the pitcher. They have some pitching. They need to get the pitcher. It's it's to me. It's looking like Dallas Keuchel is not going to uh, not going not going to be the answer. I don't think he's coming here. I think he's looking to go to a contender. So do I. And he's like he's thirty. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I'd love to have him. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have Keuchel. And that, I mean, Keuchel, uh, Castillo, Disclafani, Rourke, and then one other. I mean, Cody Reed. You got you. You need one lefty. Give Cody the shot. If he earns that in spring training, let him have it. It seems like the organization. I don't know if it was the organization or maybe it was Brian Price was just not big on Cody Reed there for a while, and he was stuck well, he, in the loop. He has trouble throwing strikes, but I mean, besides, I mean, Tyler Malley broke down at the end of the year. He got tired. That's, yep. that, you know, he, he was a rookie. It's fine. He was really good to start off the year. You know, I mean, we all remember that his first start against the Cubs on that cold ass day in Cincinnati on that, what was it, a Monday? It was like 38 degrees. Yeah. And he throws like six and two thirds innings, doesn't give up a hit for five. Tyler Malley has the stuff, but he's also very young. So if, if he went to the bullpen for a while, that wouldn't be the end of the world either. Yeah, and uh, Robert Stevenson, I think, is out of options this year, so he either has to make. I would major... trade. I, I, I would. I would throw him into a trade, personally. But he's another guy whose value is at its low point. Yeah, but just like tack him on. Yeah, I mean, for for his own sake. I mean, would they put him in the bullpen? Um just to not lose him, or do you cut him at the end of spring training if you can't trade him? Um, personally, I mean, I'd try him in the bullpen. I mean, I'm fine. Our bullpen's actually really strong. I mean, as long as Iglesias is still on the team, you know, you can end any game with Lorenzen, either Jared Hughes or, you know, David Hernandez, and then, you know, Rizal Iglesias, that's a pretty solid way, but then, you, you know, it's all about the first six innings. Can he be the sixth inning guy? Can he be the fifth inning guy? You know, that's that's up to him. Does he want to be? Is he willing to, you know, go out there and only pitch one inning? Shout out Homer Bailey, you selfish fuck. <laughs> I uh, personally, I think I would make if in spring training, I would make uh, Lorenzen start. And if he's good enough, he would be your number five starter. Uh, I'm fine with that. I'm totally uh, fine with that. He, he could give you five innings every time. Give he goes you five out innings and two at bats a game. <laughs> <laughs> Three at-bats if we're lucky. Right. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about trying him in the outfield, but I don't think the Reds are going to do that. Um, he was a center fielder in college uh, and was pretty good. Um, one of those Cal State, I don't know which one, Fullerton maybe. I think, yeah, I think he's a Titan. Yeah. And um, so we had some technical difficulties there. Uh, Big Red Machine at Big Red. 
tweeter. Uh, his connection kept giving out. So that's our podcast for this week. What do you want from me? I, I, I'm an idiot. Uh, so for Big Red Tweeter, uh, this is Coop, and uh, we'll see you soon.